Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Welcome once again to Marvelous Monday, and it has certainly been a marvelous Monday. So many great things have happened uh, today, and I'm so honored uh, to be able to be right back here again tonight. Uh, Miss Rihanna is going to be out for the evening, but she's going to be watching our board to make sure that the people that call in and come in, that we'll be able to bring them in. I have invited a very, very special, special guest in for us tonight, and uh, so when she comes in, I want her to just uh, send me a quick text text, me- text message to let me know that she is on, and then we're going to talk about some of the things that, that we had in our training tonight. We had an outstanding training, but I'm not going to get into it right now. I'm just going to wait until she comes in and gives me a thumbs up that she is here, but I want to first find out. Uh, if the regular team is on tonight. And so if you're on, give me a holler to let me know you're there. I don't know if Pastor Cooper's in yet and Mr. Arthur's in yet and, and Dr. Hagney is in yet. So if you are, let me know that you're here because it's time for us to get busy working so that we can bring the people up to date on what is actually going on in our country. But before we actually get, first of all, let me listen up to see if the guys are on. Uh, And my special guest says she will be joining us shortly, and she thanks us for the invitation. But, uh, Mr. Arthur, are you there? Pastor Cooper, are you there? Mr. Hackney, are you there? Okay, they're not on duty yet, so we'll wait until they they come on duty. Uh, It's 8.02, so it's time for us to really, really get going. But before we actually get deeper into the show, Uh, Let me just say that hopefully and prayerfully that all of the amazing mothers all around the world, uh, from East Texas to all across Texas to all across America to all across the world, had an amazing, amazing uh, weekend this past weekend. I want to thank my brother and his children for involving me and inviting me to come out for dinner with them, we went to an amazing restaurant with lots of great food, and we brought home lots of great food. So it was really, really a great, great weekend. So we had a granddaughter to come in from Atlanta, Georgia. So it was just just really nice. So hopefully all of the mothers out there experienced a great time uh, this past weekend. But just remember this, guys, even though uh, Mother's Day comes back once once a year in May. Uh, so, but just remember that first Sunday in May, but just remember every single day uh, is Mother's Day, in my opinion, because when everything is rolling smoothly in the household, uh, 99.9% of the time it's because of that great mother that's taking charge, that's making sure that everything goes smoothly, And so we salute the mothers. We're going to actually put this show in honor of mothers because mothers do amazing work. Uh, 
uh, they're, um, they're working in the household and then they're working outside of the household, uh, even though a lot of them are working, working inside of the household now because of COVID. And, so, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well because it's going to be interesting to see uh, how uh, the transition uh, where we are with the uh, pandemic and COVID-19 and how the people who actually worked in big high-rise offices around the nation, that they're going to be able to turn back to that, or they may continue uh, that workforce actually in the home uh, place. People are, have established their offices in a designated area uh, in their homes, and they're carrying on. Uh, the computers and all of the uh, data is set up right in their homes. I was talking to uh, my nephew, and he said, you know, uh, I'm set up at home. He works for a major corporation with a big uh, big businesses, big high-rises right here in Tyler, Texas. We've got them in various areas of the city. But we'll, we remain to see if, in fact, that, um, that that continues and that we'll be able to continue to have those high-rises. So, Ms. Rihanna, just let me know that Dr. Hagney is on. Good evening, Dr. Hagney. How are you? Hello. How are you all doing? <laughs> We're doing great. And thank you so much for being right back here on Monday for us to talk about uh, what is going on and how marvelous Monday is. And so I hope you had a great weekend as well, Dr. Hagney. And so we thank you for running that uh, that second uh, vaccine shop there at the North Channel Hall Street Church of Christ. And, and before I, I bring you in to talk a little bit more about some of, the, some of the new things that came down the pipe today in regards to vaccines in the country, uh, we want to also mention that on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, of uh, the rest of this month all the way to the uh, May the 28th, uh, you can get your COVID, uh, shot, uh, COVID testing done at the North Tenaha Street Church of Christ here in Tyler, Texas, 1701 North Tenaha Avenue. And so, um, so that's taking place from 10 until 4 o'clock each day. So if you need that, uh, you can get over there and get that done. So uh, also, Dr. Hagen, before we get going, I think we also have – uh, on with us tonight, I believe we have Miss Sierra uh, that's in. Miss Sierra, well, I don't know if she's in or she's just sending me a message uh, to um, to uh, talk about some other things. We know that the Miss Miss Juneteenth uh, pageant is taking place here in this in the uh, city. Uh, the uh, say the Juneteenth Association is not having their typical that they normally have with the big parade as well as the unity in the community where everybody's all up and down Border Street and up and down Martin Luther King, and they have their barbecue pits going. And it's just a big, big event, and, and the Divine Nine all come together in one location. But it's not going to be like that this year, uh, Dr. Hagney, but I understand it is going to be a parade. They're going to have their typical parade, but it's going to end with that because of, of COVID-19. So what I want to, which is our, our segue into uh, into COVID-19 and what's going on, we know today, Dr. Hadney, that um, that the uh, that well, everything has been released from uh, from ages 12 and up to age 15 to give the vaccines. Uh, and so the EAU has given us that emergency authorization to use uh, those vaccines, Pfizer in particular, 
for uh, for that young age group. So you want to come in and, and let's dialogue and talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's, that's very good. And that's also, that just shows the continued development of that. But also yeah. it's very interesting when you think about uh, the youth, and, of course, we've been targeting the adult for so long, but the parents as well as still be involved because, you know, the consent for the youth. And we need to continue the information for is uh, uh, the approval from parents. But also I think we're going to need, need a new additional, additional approach to reach our youth. I was in earlier today and we talked about a few minutes ago, we talked about the, uh, getting the schools involved uh, for the information out to the youth, out to that, that age population. But not forgetting that the parents still have to be part of that whole discussion. Okay. We have to we have to continue the information with the parents for their consent and also their understanding. And also, some of my feedback is some of the parents have been a little, they're being a little more protective for the younger age. So I, I think we need to address that. We need to talk about that. And also, we need to with the schools are the next couple of weeks will be turning out. We need to discuss reaching the superintendents and getting them on board. Uh, uh, for that because we not waiting until August to start back up. So we need to start with that and um, parents and just get an informational program going this summer to reach the number of youth that we need to reach. But, again, that research and understanding that this younger population and uh, the importance of keeping the parents informed, even more informed, uh, during this period of time when there is a increased amount of uh, rejection. But I also need to mention that in, uh, up until, I think, Monday, around 8.8% of the So have um, uh, a ways to go uh, just reaching the, the community. Again, the churches will play a very significant role in us reaching the community. So we have a uh, challenge, but we know that. You can go in and out, uh, Dr. Hagney, a little bit. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay, okay. that's better. You better now. Okay. Good. So, yes. So, uh, so we had to, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah. No, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted wanted to uh, just a couple questions. So, so I guess what what people are really wanting to know and and wanting to ask about is um, uh, since the kids are uh, now been approved to get the vaccines, uh, what is it that the that needs to happen? For as uh, well, we know that even the 16 year olds they had to have the parents' approval uh, mm-hmm. for that. But but mm-hmm. what what people are asking? So what? What makes this different within the matter of a few days? And if, in fact, uh, if in fact there have been uh, trials, clinical trials of mm-hmm. uh, of this age group uh, of mm-hmm. kiddos. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and why is it that Pfizer has decided uh, to lower uh, that age group uh, to um, to the lower age of twelve? And if, in fact, they have had uh, children that they have actually potentially given uh, those mm-hmm, uh, vaccines mm-hmm. too. And yeah. that's, that's the question that we're getting. Go ahead. Yeah, in their, in their, their short report, Pfizer is saying they, they had 100% uh, responsibility with that, that age group. It also is centered around the uh, entire population uh, need to be vaccinated because uh, kids with grandparents in homes and everything 
with the schools yeah. opening up and everything. So they are, you know, they are potential uh, carriers. There. So there are, that's why that, and also with the schools opening back up, imagine kids going to school and they're going home to parents, grandparents and everything. So that's, that's a, that's a percentage need to be looked at. And that's, that's why they, uh, they address that research and look at that because you have to really the whole, whole household uh, to a certain extent right. need to be fascinated. So you have uh, kids and parents, grandparents are keeping kids and vice versa and everything. So that's one reason why that at age population is very important because it's school age. The other one is at home. The other one, you know, interacting with the, with the general public and also other kids in there and they're in the school space. Right, very interesting, but I, I, I'm not sure that they probably have not uh, utilized some age ages a little bit further down because now, but Moderna is saying that by the middle of this year that uh, that their study uh, of the uh, vaccine can be used in that age group, which tells me that apparently they have they have already been utilizing uh, that age group because now they're saying uh, well that this uh, the consensus of what the FDA and the uh, Center for Disease Control that that these uh, vaccines are safe for, um, for for younger children younger age groups that's that's right and also we need to remember that uh, <clears throat> you know they uh, all age groups they still have that precaution that safety built in that's right you know yeah. You know that we need to understand how that's, a, that's extremely important, and even more important when you start dropping those age groups down. When you know adult studies might be the likes, but when you start including including those age, the study requirements, the evaluations, and everything are more rigorous. So apparently they have done that, and then that just and that just sort of common practice of research is to make sure the safety was a significant factor, and that's why it was of course Pfizer reporting at 100 percent. A factor there it is significant. I mean, they have used it, and they're just reporting that results. And I, I just rest assured if that was any indication that there was a problem with that age group, uh, they would have reported it. You know, it, and of course they were sitting in their, in their clinical trials and their studies and everything. Yeah. So, um, so the I I think it was the um, the, the American Academy of Pe- uh, Pediatrics that say they highly recommend it. Uh, I was reading yeah. art, an article on that. They highly recommend it. And as you mentioned, uh, if if our young students are going home and uh, and and carrying uh, COVID nineteen to uh, to their their grandparents and even their parents, uh, yes. then what good is it for for the parents to be immunized? And then the the students are out there because we know that COVID-19 has hit not only just this age group, but even younger. We know that it yeah. also has hit infants, correct? Right, right. Yeah. So there's a health need to do that. And also, they, yeah. not to get in safety, I, you know, the safety of these companies have to, and also the requirements. You know, when you mentioned the uh, pediatric group, now they are very, you know, they are very, uh, uh, research oriented, they are very professional and everything. So they would not have made that recommendation without. Right. They are, you know, confident uh, that every all the safeguards are in place. Exactly. I think I heard someone in the background. I don't know if it's Miss uh, Miss Leroy, Miss Lashine Roy. Was that your voice we heard? 
Okay. Well, maybe I, I thought I heard someone in the background speaking. Uh, yes, that's our, our special guest that we're going to have that's going to come on uh, because tonight, actually, we had an amazing uh, training, uh, and and I didn't really, I don't want to really get into it until Mister um, Art until she comes in, as well as I don't know by that time maybe Mister Arthur will be on and and Pastor Cooper will be on. I'll send a I'll send a message out to. Um, to Pastor Cooper, I just sent one to Mr. Arthur uh, to let him know that uh, that we are on. But um, but it, it was I, I, I still hear a background. I don't know if that's coming from your area or not. I still hear someone trying to say something, and I wasn't for sure if they were. No, say that. No, that's me, oh, Arthur. Yeah. I've been on for a while. <laughs> well, you didn't speak up and let us know you're on, Mr. Arthur. How are you doing? <laughs> greetings and greetings. I was eavesdropping. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> okay, we'll let you we'll let you get by with that. Uh, have, have you spoken with Pastor Cooper? You, do you know where he is? He's not front row center tonight, so we we have to go chase him down and find him and see where he is. <laughs> so, how was your weekend? Uh, sure. He- yeah, I saw I so saw trying to watch we, had was a, wrong the state house. we had a good group down there today, didn't we? Oh yeah. Can, can uh, you, yeah. So that's what we, we can can you, you give us a, a quick Yes, go ahead. Can you give us a quick update on what went on down there today? Uh, I wasn't down today, so I can't right. your first hand. But I know that, really. but I know that uh, you know that we know that the governor's gonna sign it for in a couple of weeks. So we just need to continue yeah. to let our displeasure be known, and and like I say, so I see people still going down there every day. Uh, yeah. You know, at least making it. At least, uh, actually, I'm excited about what we probably, you know, because this actually going to uh, hopefully will help us with what we're doing as far as trying to uh, work with East Texas. Uh, all you hear, like I talked with Eric uh, Williamskin, so he's going, to, uh, he's he's working on doing a uh, doing a viewing down in Marshall. We're gonna, we're gonna try to get something together with Wilder. We'll see how it work out. But <clears throat> by community down there, you know, he's trying to get uh, his uh, reparations for his. Uh, he was them finding Miriam. That's his grandmother uh, down there in Marshall. Talking about all those plantations down there. He says about thirty. He says about thirty plantations still down there. He says that they're you know they have like records of of you know like the, uh, the slave records and stuff like that. Then they got another set of records that's at these uh, plantations called called the master's records, and they locked up. You know so so, so you know it's, it's quite intriguing to find out. And all that stuff is still down there. Most folks don't even know it's down there. So it's going to be yeah, exciting so uh, with the election yeah. coming up, uh, working with East Texas right, and, and being down there with y'all. And, hey, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you're correct. He called me uh, this afternoon and and was kind of briefing uh, me on it, uh, on what all is, is happening. I had no idea. I know we, we have... We have one plantation that's still left here in Tyler, Texas, and that was owned by my five generations great-grandfather, J.R. Irwin. 
And so uh, now it's that that housing is a beautiful place that was well, beautiful anyways. Let me take that. Let me just make that clear. But what it's being used for now are beautiful weddings and family reunions and things you can rent it. And um, and and as a matter of fact, when when I was overseas doing the war, I think I mentioned uh, to the to you guys about this that uh, they had a big reunion here in Tyler, Texas, where the Black Irwins met the White Irwins, quote unquote, is how they mm-hmm. termed it. Uh, it was on the front page of the paper newspaper that weekend, and so they actually had the cookout out there at that plantation. But um, but yeah, I was I was very intrigued by. Uh, Mr. Williams' work and and what he talked about later on this afternoon. So, uh, I'm going to have just a little little bit of a part in that. I'm going to do some narrating and everything for for that film. So, uh, so we're looking forward to it. it it's going to be interesting. I had no well, idea oh, yeah, gonna... that was 30 plantations that's left down there. I had no idea. I know, I know. But we're going to educate and liberate, ain't we? We're going to educate and liberate. <laughs> That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. Okay. So, Ms. LaShawn, our special guest, Mr. Arthur, uh, and I have just mentioned it to Dr. Hagney, a very, very special guest that's coming on with us tonight, and she just let me know that she is now uh, on, and I think that her her line should be wide open. Uh, But I want to just take a a few seconds to to introduce a little bit of – about her uh, myself, and then I'm going to ask her to tell us even more. But uh, Ms. LaShawn Roy uh, is on with us tonight. She actually is the president of the Democratic Club uh, here in Smith County. She is an amazing, brilliant uh, young lady, and so we're so delighted to uh, to have her come on, and she put on an amazing training for us, a cultural and sensitivity training uh, at this e- this afternoon, uh, this evening, rather, at 6 o'clock to about 7.30, and I, I didn't want it to end. I knew it had to end because, I mean, we got down to the meat of things, and so she brought us, I mean, she brought it, let me just say that, and it was out. Standing, uh, she has a um, she has a degree in political science, and she's worked with several big uh, uh, campaigns uh, uh, in, in the country, and so uh, even even at the presidential level. So I say all the time, and, and she made this very clear. I said it was understandable, but I said about her, she she's been here before. Her knowledge and her wisdom for as young as she is is just outstanding, and then she went on to let us know that uh, that she was born from parents that that came back uh, from in the, into the fifties, and so uh, that's why she she has the knowledge and the experience uh, that she has. She has personal environmental experience as well as then academic and uh, professional experience. So, uh, Ms. LaShawn, we want to welcome you to Marvelous Monday. We're so delighted uh, that you're on, and part of the team uh, is Mr. Arthur Flemings, who lives out of Dallas, Texas, and then uh, Dr. Richard Hagney, who lives here in East Texas, and then we have more uh, Ms. Rihanna uh, Fizzles, as that she uh, she is out of Kentucky, and then uh, you know, obviously, Pastor Michael Cooper out of Beaumont. So those are our, our uh, our, that, that's our team for Monday night. But welcome to Marvelous Monday. We're so glad to have you on. Go right ahead and tell us more about yourself, and then we, we may have a few questions that we will ask ask you, or you can just uh, you just tell us what. Well, I'll I'll, I'll start by telling 
why I wanted to bring you in. But go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself, Ms. Lashon. Thank you so much for that introduction, Dr. McKellar, and good evening to everyone else who was on. Um, you know, uh, Dr. McKellar, honestly, you really covered it all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, off, of, off of what uh, everything Dr. McKellar said, um, um, yes, it was a privilege and honor. We had a really great discussion earlier this afternoon um, just about uh, cultural sensitivity uh, training and things like implicit bias. And those things are so important. I know several of you are on here, you know, from Dallas and, and some of the other Metroplex areas. But in our rural communities, you know, we don't hear, we don't hear terms like that. You know, things, uh, words like implicit bias were words that never touched my ears until I was much older. And so having those conversations are so important, and they're really um, an integral part um, of moving forward for all of us. But a little bit more about myself. Um, I'm an East Texas native, as Dr. McKellar said. Uh, I am from the huge little town of Troop, Texas. So if you know where Tyler is, you go down 110, there's White House. And if you keep going a little bit further, there's Troop right there. You can't miss it. It's a straight shot. <laughs> and so um, Dr. Kelly said I have my degree from the University of Texas at Tyler. Um, and, you know, just really am, am really dedicated to mobilizing people, um, empowering people, right, helping them realize that power of self. Uh, power of the individual, as I like to call it, um, and just doing everything I can and, and realizing that, you know, um, that I can I can do something now, right? I don't have to wait until I'm 40 or 50 or 60. I don't have to wait until I have a doctorate belt that I can have an impact that we can facilitate these discussions um, and I can mobilize people in my peer group, people younger than me, older than me, and let them know that they have a voice as well. So thank you again, Dr. McKellar, for having me on tonight. Excellent, excellent. So then let me just give a little background, uh, gentlemen, uh, why I, I felt the need to bring uh, Ms. LaShawn on uh, to talk about this subject, uh, and, and that, that is that uh, racial issue that we sometimes see or still see uh, in our area, and in particularly uh, that we've seen within the last uh, few, few days. Now, the one beautiful thing that I liked about uh, Ms. LaShawn's uh, uh, training tonight is that we were not there to bash anyone. Uh, and, and what I said in my comments uh, tonight is that we all have biases, and some biases are not all bad. Some biases actually uh, can be a good bias, and we, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but the reason why that we had that cultural and sensitivity training uh, here in the Democratic Club tonight, and that it wasn't just, I mean, it was just people from everywhere. It wasn't just East Texas. But this, this specific thing that I'm about to talk about actually happened here in East Texas. Some of you may have heard about it. Some of you may not have. Uh, but, but in the meantime, we know that after, after the State of the Union address uh, by the President uh, Joe Biden, and then, of course, uh, Senator Tim Scott had um, a rebuttal. You know, that's typical. They always have a rebuttal. And so during his rebuttal, uh, you would remember he said that, um, that America was not a racial country. And so there was a lot of fallout uh, about that. And then, of course, let's remember also that even after that, after he made that comment, then uh, the media came behind and they asked, 
uh, President Biden, and then they asked Vice President uh, Kamala Harris, and, and they said something somewhat similar, uh, that it's, it's not a racial country. But we had, we had a county chair here in East Texas that called uh, uh, Senator Tim Scott uh, an Oreo. And uh, some people may not even know exactly what that is. And so it, it's certainly a terminology that, um, that I, I've never heard my, my parents use. Uh, I didn't hear what that actually meant until I, I got a little older or, or, or what people call that to be. And Mr. Arthur may have uh, heard about it and know what it means. Uh, and then uh, Dr. Hagney as well. Yes. But, but the fallout was, gentlemen, that, that because this Caucasian uh, gentleman uh, who is in a leadership position here in East Texas in the Democratic, in the Democratic Party, um, made that comment, and he made some other things in conjunction with it, like the, uh, if, um, if Tim Scott uh, doesn't think that this is a racial country, he's not black enough, and he's not uh, very sundry things, and we don't even go into all that long detail. But what the focus is for us tonight is the fact that how important uh, us, for us to be culturally sensitive uh, to, to, to people. And then the other thing that I said is that some things, uh, some things Caucasians should not say. If they're going to say it, they need to say it to themselves, uh, but they should not say it openly. And there's some things that African Americans uh, probably should not say and should not say openly. So this gentleman said it openly, said it on Facebook, and so it was just all out there. So because of that, uh, Ms. LaShawn did an amazing job with our, um, our cultural sensitivity course tonight. And so that's why I wanted her to come so we can talk a little bit more about it because we can talk about the racial impact that that, that kind of thing could have uh, on, on a certain groups. You know, it could make some people really angry, even using the word, the N-word, which when I was growing up and my parents told us, uh, the N-word was a behavior. That's a term that they didn't use in our household, and, and, but, but they said it was a behavior and not a person. So with that being said, Ms. LaShawn, if you want to come on in and just uh, a little bit of meat. Hey, of sure, what you go, Ms. LaShawn. Yes, yes, sir, Mr. Arthur, sure. go right ahead. Sure, uh, for some context. If you would have been at, in, in that job that he was in, in that position or whatever, and if you would have said that, what would the problem have been? Would it, would it have been different or would it uh, would have been the same? I mean, I'm just going you know, some text out of the conversation we're going to have. Hello? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. So to answer your question, no. No, the, it would have been completely different. I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't have my position or my job, whatever it, it may have been. I have, there's no doubt in my mind. I don't have to sit and ponder it or analyze it. I would not have it. Um, it's, that's my honest belief um, that, I, that I, no, I wouldn't have my position or my job. Um, and, and as a person of color and with other people of color on here, I, I think that, you know, many, many will, many folks will agree with me. Um, sure. and, um, going off of that a little bit, I will say that, um, there is, right. There is this 
line, so to speak, of what some folks can get away with. And as a, a person of color, as a black woman in America, you know, I have to look at those things and witness those things and be like, I could never, you know, I could never get away with, with that or those things. Um, you know, and so, you know, just how Dr. Mattella was saying that, you know, this man had posted it to his, his personal social media page and, and so on and so forth. No, absolutely not. There is, is no, no way, in my honest belief, in today's America that I could have done that and still been, you know, presumably employed or uh, in that position uh, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And, and I'll uh, conclude my, my comments with this, that, you know, uh, things like this have to be addressed. We have to hold people accountable uh, when yeah. things like this happen. And and for me, it's one of those things that reminds me just now how I know we're living in a the time in society um, of where everything's being recorded. And so more people are like, oh, my gosh, it is real. It does happen. And, you know, as I tell people, I'm like, yeah, this has been happening. My parents tell me about when it was happening. I've, <laughs> I've lived through it happening, right? And so for people of color and especially black Americans, we know that this is nothing new, and that that's how I feel about the comments that were made um, by by that 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 party chair. Is that this is nothing new, but now, right? It's like the proof is in the pudding, and it's like more people can taste that pudding for themselves and and be shocked or flabbergasted or outraged, whatever their reaction is to it. Um, but it's not new, but we have to hold people accountable so that it stops being new. And so, I'll focus that. Okay, so that's that's excellent, uh, Ms. Lashawn. Now, let me. I just want to give just a little bit of statistics because uh, because Tim Scott said uh, that uh, Senator Scott said that is not a, a racial country, and then then we heard it from from uh, President Biden, and then we heard it from Vice President uh, Kamala Harris. But statistics say that more than four in ten Americans still uh, still believe it and still see that there's a difference uh, between the way that uh, black people are treated in comparison to, to white people. And then tonight we heard all kinds of, uh, all kinds of uh, experiences. And look how young uh, Ms. Ms. Uh, LaShawn is. And then we had one uh, young uh, as well that's right here in, in Smith County, and she talk, talked about Ms. Kerrigan Sanders, talked about, how she was uh, treated, and I think she's like, what, 25, I believe, right, Ms. Lashon, or something like that, 24, 25, somewhere in there. And uh, she talked about when she was in the third grade, well, she talked about she started with the first grade, and then she went to the second grade, and then she went to the third grade, and when she was in the third grade, one of her best friends happened to be a Caucasian little girl in her classroom, and she said uh, that the little girl was going to have a birthday party, and that that the birthday the little girl told her, well, my mommy says that you can't come to my birthday party because uh, a black folk cannot sit on our couch on our furniture, and so and, and we're talking about somebody that's 24, 25 years of age, so that's not that long ago, and so um, so let let's just dialogue a little bit on how. Then, Ms. Lashawn, can we can we utilize your training out there in the real world um, uh, when we run up against these kinds of things? Absolutely, and I think the 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 most important thing that I'll start off with, or one of the most important things, one of the key things to this, is um, uh, Jeff Williams said it 
really, really well earlier tonight is courage, right? So, so somebody had asked yeah. the question, you know, what about those folks who are just completely closed off? I don't think I'm going to get through to them. Is it even worth having the conversation, um, you know, bringing it up? And absolutely it is. And for some of us, you know, in some scenarios, that takes courage uh, to do so. And, again, yeah. they may not change mind uh, overnight. It may not be over the next week. It may not be over the next 10 years. But just like I said earlier this afternoon, I'm like, you, you never know. That may be the last thing that person is thinking about as they lay down to sleep, or my, that may be the first thing. Um, your words may be the first thing that comes to mind when they wake up the next morning. So just having the courage, first and foremost, to have those conversations, right, to address those issues and bring it up. Um, and then secondly, right, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, Dr. McKellar, right, that implicit bias, right, realizing that all of us, no matter where we come from, do have implicit bias. And it's implicit because oftentimes um, we're not aware of it, right? It's just little things, uh, you know, that we were told um, or shown, especially, you know, if those things started childhood while we're growing up, so on and so forth, um, that this is normal, this is okay, that's not normal, those people are bad, so on and so forth, that we take uh, with us into adulthood and that we carry around with us um, unconsciously, but they're there. And they do um, affect how we interact with people. So first and foremost, acknowledging that we have those implicit biases. And then from there, because as you noted, Dr. McKellar, there are some that are good and help us, yeah. but there's also some that are that are not so good. For those ones that aren't so good and that are negative, that once we realize that we have them, that we work to address them, right? We work on how do we overcome those things. And so those yeah. are the two things that highlight and pinpoint that are key in this. Very good. Well, let me tell you, gentlemen, what, what I said. Yes, go ahead, Mr. Arthur. I just want to say, that, that, uh, are you 30 yet? Are you 30? If you don't mind my asking, are you 30 not yet? Not yet, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> I want to mention your precociousness and your wokeness. Yes. Because, <laughs> because usually... You know, like folks don't, you know, folks can't see that type of stuff. You know, now they today they're in their 50. So, uh, so continue to do what you're doing as far as, you know, people saw that. But, but what I want you to know is that uh, the, that all that you talk about, the, the, the way people feel and all that kind of stuff, is part of the indoctrination system that goes, in our, it goes on in our educational system. So we are educated entity positions. And so, uh, 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 and, and, and that's where we have to go and undo, you know, our scale, all that you talk about. So, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're doing some things like that. Like, like we, we, uh, NAACP, we got the uh, African American Studies programs approved. Uh, but here, people have to, in the districts, they have to go, black folks got to go and ask for them. You know, they can't tell you, no, they, they have to do it if you go and ask for them, but, so we're gonna to have to do a little bit more publicity on that, but basically, that's where you that's where you're gonna to have to undo all that stuff, because that's where all the stuff is done. Like you say, when you're third grade, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's where it's did at. And so we need to really work on that. So, uh, so right, on right. List, so, so you know, yeah. So what you're saying is, is and I know Dr. Hagman, we're gonna bring you in next. But what, what Mr. Arthur is saying is that we have to work on our children very early because see, our children, our children learn this behavior they learn mm-hmm. this behavior from us right and mm-hmm. so yeah. it, it's uh that's 
taught be that's taught behavior, you know, mm-hmm. and, and people get their biases from different places, right? All kinds of places mm-hmm. they, they get it from at home, they get it from in the workplace, they get it from their school, right. whatever. So go ahead, Dr. Hagney, uh, with your right. comments. You know, I you know, uh, back to our task force. One thing we've identified with the task force, <clears throat> all those areas that are involved. Optical, you know, we we we're, we're dealing with an octopus. You know, yeah. we uh, we we just leg, and that octopus and the problem is solved. But they're out there. So address this issue. We see this in with our task force in healthcare. Uh, you mentioned the youth, everything. That's why we put the task force together, because we have these biases all across the system, whether it be education and even is extremely in healthcare. So in in agriculture, criminal justice. So we got to attack, we have to attack this all across across the face. We put really strong evidence in healthcare. The equity and disparity we accept in American healthcare illuminated all what we're talking about. And what's interesting, we we began to identify some things that occurred in healthcare, not disparities, that occurred mm-hmm. on the plantations. It, the, the thought process, uh, it, it was just the idea that blacks can uh, accept more, uh, withstand more pain. We we saw that in on the on the plantations. We see that today in our healthcare system. So we have mm-hmm. to attach this, attack this monster all across. Uh, all, almost all the ones, the education, the healthcare, judicial system, because each one of those areas, you have all the devices and all these problems. And the why they, it always surfaces in a particular area, because we all, you know, we have to address all the areas at one time, because people actually, mm-hmm. we thought a lot of things were solved in the 1960s. No, they weren't solved. You know, they were just, right. that was just one focus area. There are other areas that were consistently going. So we have to uh, talk and address this at all all levels across the board. And we see this with our, with our task force. It's evident with our task force how this is occurring all across all these disciplines. So someone has to address all this. So that's why I was mentioning to elected officials, everybody should understand health care. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where, you know, in, in run, and so you have to talk about health care and other things you're doing. So that's my point. You have to talk about all those problems at once because you deal with one of them is 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 serving someone is is continuing someone else. We were talking about the plantation yeah. early on. So yeah, you have to address all those issues one time, not one at a time. Right, gotcha. So Ms. Lashan, what Dr. Hagney is referring to when we when when the COVID vaccines came out, right? And so we we had all of that set up there at Harvey Convention and and the, the main people who, and, and that's, these were our Caucasian brothers and sisters that refused to wear a mask and refused to do some of the things that, that would help us to uh, mitigate uh, COVID-19 to cut down on some of these cases that we were getting. Uh, they refused to wear their mask, but when the vaccines came, then the first people that were in line and the people that we saw that were in line continuously and the people that we did not see in the lines were the black and brown uh, people in the community, and they would have their names on all these lists, but they could never get in the lines in order to get the vaccine. So we formulated the task force, thanks to uh, Dr. Hagney, had this brilliant idea of putting a uh, the task force together because he's worked in rural health and rural communities uh, during his profession. He is a, a pharmacist uh, by trade. And so, so that from that, 
them the task force to make sure that we went out there and grabbed those vaccines and take them out into the black and brown communities because of the healthcare disparities and the disparities with the vaccines that we were experiencing uh, in our community. So today, it still looks the same. You want to dialogue a little bit more on, uh, on, on the different biases and, and how that they still just exist uh, in our nation, no matter how hard we try to eradicate them, no matter how much we talk about them. Uh, that's why your training was amazing uh, tonight. But more comments, uh, Ms. LaShawn. Absolutely, absolutely. And I want to thank Dr. Hackney and obviously you, Dr. McKellar, and everyone else who helped put together that effort. Um, and I have to take a moment and say thank y'all because that's so important. And Dr. McKellar, yes. I'm sure you know this, some of the others do, but, you know, Dallas, Dallas County had a similar problem when they first opened up their vaccination right. sites in South Dallas and Fair Park, and you have folks from North Dallas coming in and taking off all those spots. That's but it. anyway, <laughs> that's not what we're yeah. talking about tonight, yeah. but. but no, no, uh, that's good. Yeah, that's so all part of Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, as far as the bias, yeah, something I talked about earlier this afternoon, you know, were things, um, right, right, there's some things um, that as far as, as conforming, as far as making sure the people around us feel comfortable, that people of color and especially black Americans go through um, and, and are uh, sub- subjected to on a regular basis that other folks don't have to worry about. And I broke it down. You know, I said it comes down to everything yeah. from the way we wear our hair to the way we mm-hmm. enunciate, pronunciate, mm-hmm. to the way we yeah. wear our clothes. It sometimes can be the color. We may have too much blue on or too much red one day, and then that's a red flag mm-hmm. for somebody. You know, something as simple mm-hmm. as that. And there was a video that I showed um, that, that, I, that I think folks particularly liked because um, it showed a lot of different people of color, and then you have this white man come on there, and he said, you know, whenever I leave the house in the morning or whenever, he's like, I just, I just leave. I'm not worried about what might happen to me or what I might be perceived as. You know, I just go out there. And when the video ended, it was a, a, a black woman, and she said, you know, I want the, <clears throat> excuse me, I want the ability mm-hmm. and the freedom to feel just as free as that white man who said when he leaves his house, he doesn't worry about a thing. You know, and right. I, I, you know, I would, I would go to say that all of us want that, but in reality, that's not where we're at right now. Even in 2021, it's not where we're at. And so, um, you know, there was another clip I showed, and the speaker did a really good job of talking about those biases of, you know, even as a presenter, she comes in the room, what's the first thing people say? She, they're going to either identify her as an African-American or a black woman, right? She, she happened to have locks, right, who had locks. And then depending <laughs> on what their own, um, what their own experience with speakers were before, they might automatically be like, well, she's the speaker, so she's going to be boring. Even things like that, right, again, that we may not yeah. be conscious of, that's unconsciously in the back of our minds, like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it's a concert, it's, it's going to be long, right, or, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a presentation, it's going to be boring. Things like mm-hmm. that, right, but we apply them to different people um, and different ethnic groups, right, how that how that all ties into this bigger picture here um, of our biases and of those stereotypes and ultimately leads down um, to, in some cases, and a lot of times, uh, blatant racism and stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, you, on, on one, another one of my comments tonight, uh, Mr. Sun, and I wanted you to dialogue on that uh, just a second, Mr. Arthur, and let me throw this in there and then we'll pick up where you are. 
But I said that bias is uh, is neither uh, inherently good nor bad. There can be some good uh, biases uh, that uh, that that we can practice. And I I went on to talk about uh, how uh, my parents and my mother in particular was very uh, she was a stickler on who we hung out with. That she got it because she has more obviously had more wisdom and more knowledge than we did. And so there were just certain uh, behaviors that she didn't want us to be affiliated with, uh, and she didn't want us to hang around them. If, if people uh, used profanity or if they did things that if, if they were still, uh, you know, she didn't want us to hang around those kinds of people. So uh, can, can you dialogue a little bit on well, – well, before you do that, Mr. Arthur, were you wanting to say something in regards to what, uh, what Ms. LaShawn has already just finished saying? That's what I'm talking about. Just wanted off, you know, because she said you know, she said a larger, a larger picture, and 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 it made me think about when I was in LACB president, I did an interview Channel Five with it was like uh, Drew Pearson and it was a and the police uh, uh, guy, uh, and so anyway, so we were talking, uh, and I mentioned about uh, implicit bias, and then so the the police guy he he said and then started talking, uh, and. And so, you know, Drew, you know, we start talking about, you know, I said, well, Drew, you know, I got all the fame. I said, because mm-hmm. everybody loves Drew. You know, why you ain't all the right. fame? And then some years right. had it. Right. That's uh, you know, uh, true to uh, squabble with, uh, you know, when Jerry Jones came into the league, he franchised everything. Drew, the only one that fought him, and he won. As a result, Jerry didn't put him in the ring of honor, you know, dissed him. And so, even though all the sportscasters loved him, they wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. You know, he met the all decades team. And so, that's an example of, 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 of implicit, you know, like, uh, you know, like everybody loved him, but they didn't put him in the Hall of You know, that's like an implicit bias, like like out in front of everybody. Everybody, hey, man, where you in the Hall? So, I'm just saying, that's just an example of a national uh, implicit mm-hmm. bias. And also, we had judges, the the the, the, the appellate judges. Uh, they came to Dallas after Paul Quinn, and did a whole day on in class. They had films and everything. You know, I told you, Mom. <clears throat> you know, films and everything. You know, I tell you about about the about the white boy came to steal bike. Try to talk at a uh, brother came in to steal a bike. Everybody wanted to beat him up. White girl came to steal a bike. They they was trying to help her. Okay. And that's completely bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 She talked about that in detail. As a matter of fact, if you can dialogue, excuse me, a little bit. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. That a little bit on the hair issue because, uh, as you know, um, one of our one of our media persons who was here in Tyler for a very long time is now in Dallas, and she's covering lots of stories on the Crown, right, uh, Ms. LaShawn? You familiar mm, with that? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and talk Next. about and then, but then the but then she did a story yesterday, a day before, whenever it was, on the the, the police officer who wore his wore his hair cornrows. And so, because she, he, what he said, and what the gentleman said was, "What about the, what about the men?" 
because you're covering the women and the crowns and their the locks and their dreads and whatever it is that they wear, their braids and whatever, but you're not saying anything about the gentleman. And so the, the police officer says, I never thought that that my hair would deter uh, my my method of being able to carry out the job that I so loved, when, which was being a police officer. So can you dialogue mm-hmm. just a little bit about the hair, what you said about the hair tonight? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I know that that story that you referenced, Dr. McKellar, and that, oh, man, yeah. that whole story is just absolutely ridiculous. But, um, yes, yeah. on the subject of hair, um, yes, you know, earlier this evening I just went into detail talking a little bit about how, you know, um, well, I talked about assimilation really and, and took it from there yes. when it comes to hair. Yes. But you know that our hair is expected to look a certain way. You know, if your hair is naturally curly or coily, it is expected to be straight, right? If um, right there, it's 2021, and there are still folks out there in corporate America. Um, obviously, we see in different aspects of our of our society that are policing our hair and our natural hair, right? And styles that we wear as protective styles, styles that are neat in nature, but they just it's not that there's anything wrong with the hair itself it's that they feel uncomfortable when we wear our hair that way and that stems from many different things um but it makes them uncomfortable and so as a result then we end up um on that that receiving end of the uh that racism that that those stereotypes and sometimes even like in that young Young police officer's case, um, I think there were some disciplinary measures. I think he was even went so far as that at a point he was placed on um, administrative leave until luckily, um, you know, Mr. Uh, John Wiley Price got involved and helped out in the situation. But still, for him to even go through that, not for something that he had done to while on the job that was wrong or against code um, necessarily, but just because someone felt, ah, with his hair. You know, and when we when we break it down, when we look at it, it doesn't take any of us uh, to be a rocket scientist to realize that, you know, our hair does not affect our ability to type or to do our job. If someone can type 50 words per minute, and their hair is in a mohawk. That's not going to uh, have anything to do with their fingers typing those words per minute. So <laughs> that's, right. that's right. I love that. <laughs> and, and not to mention, uh, Commissioner Price has always worn has always worn uh, his hair braided. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason they're afraid, the reason they're afraid though, is because because the civil rights movement was was afros, and so yeah. whenever they see facial hair, anything, they freak out. I'm just saying because I talk to folks that 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 was clean shaven, got a beard, <laughs> then they ask them, is there anything going on? <laughs> is there anything going on? You know, so I'm just saying, you know, hair is a power symbol. And so, yeah, and so when they see black people growing hair, it makes them feel very uncomfortable. Let me just jump in for a second. Uh, Pastor Cooper is trying to get in. Yes. Pastor Cooper, are you there? Are you in? I'm here. Good evening. Hello, oh, okay. I'm here. I, yeah, I'm Good evening. Like you hey, the Good evening. All right. Hello. Good morning, Governor. All right. Yes, our special guest for the evening is uh, is uh, Ms. LaShawn Roy, and uh, she uh, is the president of the uh, Smith County Democratic Club. And so she did a an amazing training, uh, Pastor Cooper, this evening for us on uh, cultural sensitivity. And so I invited wow. her in so that we can continue uh, this amazing dialogue. This is a young lady 
that have shared her experience. And then I was telling them that we had another young lady that she didn't say it in these words, but she is unapologetically black, and she wanted us to know, and she let everybody on. And I think Ms. LaShawn had about 60 people that were on from everywhere. And and thanks to uh, Judge uh, Stacey Williams, who was uh, part of the uh, training tonight, and she introduced uh, Ms. LaShawn. And it was just outstanding. And I uh, so oh, I wanted wow. uh, our audience all around the nation to uh, to get in on this training because it's something that we need to continue to talk about. We had Mr. Jeff Williams, who is the president of our race relations here uh, in uh, in Tyler, and so he talked about that his his organization was the most diverse than any other group here because you know a lot of our organizations are, are specific uh, to the Divine Nine. They're specific to uh, educated men and women. Uh, of color. Uh, Mr. Arthur is, is part of that. Uh, I'm part of that. Uh, the uh, Alpha, Captain Alpha, and he's a uh, uh, And so, uh, so, but, but that group is uh, composed of very various and sundry religions and ethnic ethnicities uh, of, of just all kinds of culture that is a part of that race relations. So race relations is really important, uh, and that's why we want to continue to have a dialogue, even though we've been having this dialogue for a long, long time. And that's the next thing that I want, and, and Pastor Cooper may have some uh, questions for you, Ms. LaShawn, but, but let me just say that we've been having this dialogue for a long, 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 long time. And so at what point in time, uh, the people are saying, at what point in time can we just put that on the uh, the historical burner, and uh, or, or will we have to continue to talk about these things for the rest of our lives? We talked about, I talked about the first time I really experienced real racism is when I went to Tyler Junior College. That was, that was a little while ago. And so uh, so here we are, and then you're in the 21st century in 2021, you as a young woman who is not even 30 yet is talking about what you have experienced. Can we dialogue a little bit on that? At what point in time will we get past all of this? And then the other thing that, that I, I just said, you know, so is there something that white folk can't say and there's some things that black folk can't say openly, openly. You may say it to each other. You may say it in your sleep. You may say it uh, to yourself, uh, so to speak. But some things you just should not say openly, and these are things that this gentleman, Caucasian gentleman here in East Texas, uh, said openly and across social media. Go ahead, Ms. Wisconsin. Thank you, Dr. McKellen. Um, you know, the, the, the first part of, of what you asked, I'll say simply that when people stop avoiding the conversation or stop ignoring that the problem exists, that's gonna, what, what it's going to take first and foremost, is that people, more people, um, and not just people of color, right, are going to have to acknowledge, hey, this is real. This is not something that's just made up. This is not something that's just in history books. This is not something that, I don't know, that they're just whatever coming up with. This is real. Um, so first acknowledging its existence. And then, um, like I spoke about at the very beginning when I hopped on uh, this evening, right, courage, having that courage to be part of those conversations, saying, hey, you know what? This conversation does make me a little uncomfortable, but it's important to have it because for me to better understand, for me to better um, change the way that I interact with people or I treat people or I perceive people, right, this is what it's going to have to take. I need to listen to this conversation or I need to be part of this conversation. I think that's what it's going to take. 
And, um, you know, I wish I had a timeline for exactly how long <laughs> that would be uh, because it has been a while and we're right in the middle of it and still it continues on. But I think, you know, those two things are paramount, you know, first and foremost acknowledging that, hey, this is real. This is not just something that we can, you know, close our eyes and blink a couple times and magically will go away. And then, two, having that courage to be in those spaces um, where, the, yeah, they're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable, you know, and that's just the, the nature of the beast, so to speak. They're going to get a little, little, excuse me, a little bit uncomfortable. However, we have bigger things more than their level of comfort. And that is also another hurdle that's really big because a lot of times um, for these folks that believe these situations um, and these problems uh, and these stereotypes and racism and so on and so forth don't exist, these biases don't exist, right, for them to admit it and then say, I'm willing to be uncomfortable with it, that's a whole nother, another conversation. Because people, people in general, right, hate being uncomfortable. And I'll say this, people in power especially hate being uncomfortable. So any time that they have to confront something that they have been avoiding, have been running from for generations, for centuries, decades, so on and so forth, that's going to be a tough one. But if we can ever get to that point where we have more people who do have that courageous spirit, who are willing to be part of the conversation, who are willing to say, again, this makes me uncomfortable, but this is more this is about more than my comfort. This is bigger than my, my level of comfort, right? There's a bigger picture here. Then I think um, that hopefully, right, we can we can start to hopefully move on from right. this chapter. But and that'll be, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, Dr. McKellar. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, I'm going to throw this in there, and then I'm going to go back to uh, Pastor Cooper, and then we'll go to that. Wait just a minute, Mr. Arthur. Just just hot second, please. We're going to go to. Uh, we're going to go to Pastor Cooper and give him an opportunity, then back to Dr. Hagney, then we'll come to, to uh, Mr. Arthur. But this is what, this is what I, I want to say. I think that it, when people stop saying this, and you guys can tell me what you think, uh, when they stop saying, I don't see color, then I think we can move on to the next step. But when people tell me I don't see color, and I say, well, you must be blind. Because we all... We all see color, right? We all see color. Pastor Cooper, I don't know if you have any, any questions that you would like to have of, for, or any comments for Ms. LaShawn. Well, I'm, I'm going to just uh, speak up real quickly because I had to go all the way back to Dr. Hagney. I've, I've been listening that long. And the disparities in our communities are in healthcare. Matter of fact, I already put him on assignment. He don't know. He thinks he's retired. But as I become governor of the great state of Texas, he's going to be on special uh, committees because we're going to have these pharmacies in these areas that they call pharmacy deserts. Uh, matter of fact, today I got my second shot. Uh, applause, claps everywhere because everybody, I'm going to encourage you to get your Yes, I did. Got my second <laughs> shot in Stillsby, Texas. I went on CVS, and they showed me. I went all over the state of Texas, and Stillsby was the only place they had available. Let me tell you this. They're not advertising. They're not telling you this. They were uh, doing uh, – I knew the young man. I did some business with him, and he told me. I said, Dylan, give me an inside scoop. He said, he said Pastor Cooper, he said, we were uh, doing shots up to 500 a day. He said, we went down to 200, but now down to 50. But they're not advertising yep. that you can literally walk in. You can walk in Silsby, Texas right now at the CVS, and they have shots available. I was in there five minutes. I had to sit yep. longer than I had to wait uh, for the 15 minutes for them to watch me, and he waved and let me go on by my way. I'm not sore. This is my second shot. I feel great. I have no fever. I have no side effects. 
So, uh, Dr. Hagney, thank you for your work. Continue to do your work out there. Now, I have a, uh, okay, I have a question for our young lady. Thank you. Uh, okay. Thank you for that, for that workshop today. Tell my sister, Judge uh, uh, Williams, hello, Stacey Williams, hello. She will be our Supreme Court judge. Uh, if I have anything to do with it, are we going to appoint her somewhere else? So they better elect her or are we going to appoint her? So uh, with that being <laughs> there said, you there you go. Amen. Uh, with that being said, uh, how long will it be before we can use this new Crown Act uh, in our schools to defend our young ladies and hopefully our young men with their issues uh, of ra- racism in the schools? When will that act be available? Do you know? That is a great question. I do not know the exact um, of when it will be available. Uh, I don't okay. know if Dr. McKellar knows, but hopefully it's ASAP. It's my hope, ASAP. Okay. Well, I know it passed, and I, I just want to know because we need to start informing people because a lot of times these laws pass, and, and people are uninformed, and they're still going about their business the same old way and don't realize that they have help. Great. Okay. That, that, yeah. Excellent, excellent question, and uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give it to you uh, right now. Uh, but we'll go to uh, Dr. Hagney and then Dr. Uh, and, and then Mr. Arthur, and then I'll give it to you in just a few minutes. Go right ahead. Okay, that's Dr. good. Hagney, you know, it's we have to have the conversations, and that is so true. And actually, you have to workshop. But yes, we need to uh, have the conversations across the board. As I said earlier, across every it all has to be involved. And also, we have to not be afraid the courage to do that. And uh, and until we address that, the timeline when this happens, there will be, uh, you know, no one knows. But they, once we start doing these things and, and recognizing areas where we have responsibility and also speak out, we talk a lot about health care and areas. But, uh, yeah, we need to speak out and recognize. And because it's too long, we've been quiet about it. A lot of things have been occurring to us. But we see that the be able to speak out and address the issues, and I think that's where we're gaining a lot of respect. And first of all, we have to have a knowledge about the issue that we're going to speak out about, and that's when we'll gain that respect from whoever listened to us. But that means starting with the good information, the factual information. We need to have that, and then uh, and then involve the conversation. Awesome. Yeah, Mr. Arthur. Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, Shante, uh you, you know, you can help me with a current issue. I'm going to give me some free services tonight. You can help me with a current issue that I'm having, at, uh, uh, in the, you, know, you know, in this area. Uh, for the last few days, I've been seeing pictures of Serena Williams, right? Now, they say she's bleaching. Now, I saw it that up. I knew she looked a little pink. But anyway, they say she's bleaching, right? And so, you know, from the, you know, from the old school back in the day when folks bleached, right? That was a that was a thing, right? So bleach was so now she's bleaching. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, how should I be okay? Like I'm fitting something, I'm trying to put it into a category. Well, how how should I be fitting about that? Uh, Serena Williams, mm-hmm. my one of my hero, one of, one of my sheroes, bleaching. <laughs> yeah, that is uh well, that's a really good question, and and that kind of brings us to a. Another point that we as people of color don't usually like to talk about, right, but the colorism that does happen within our own community, um, and that is very prevalent, and it it happens outside of our community as well. It's not just us. You see it all over uh, Puerto Rico. You see it in Asian uh, countries, so on and so forth. But um, it is real, 
Um, and, and unfortunately, right, it does have an effect. It has an effect um, for lots of people, both men and women, uh, has an effect on their self-esteem. It has um, an effect on, uh, uh, you know, on their, their mental well-being. It has an effect on their confidence, so on and so forth. Um, and it's something that as a community uh, we have to work to, to move past and, and same thing, address and get forward. And the same thing, it takes courage because a lot of times those are conversations we don't want to have, we don't want to um, address, but it is a very real part of our community. Now, I haven't seen, um, I haven't, you know, seen anything recently of, of, about uh, that particular issue about Serena Williams in, in general, so I'll have to look into that. But, you know, with that being said, um, again, right, with the, the word of the night earlier was, was sensitivity, right? It was cultural sensitivity training. And so even with this, right, having that sensitivity when approaching the subject or talking about the subject, but also having that courage and realizing that, you know, whether it is something that she is doing or, you know, it's not that the, the things like bleaching, skin bleaching, and colorism and so on and so forth are still um, prevalent in our community. And, again, having those conversations that are going to have to make some people uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, we have to, you know, make them realize that there's a bigger picture here other than your level of comfort for us to get some real results. Um, really so moving forward. How do we feel about that in 2021? Is it like, it's like, ooh, we, or, or, oh, well, or, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, how do we, you got a feeling you can put on that something that I can use? <laughs> Are you coming like Sa- Sammy Sosa? Yeah, yeah, Sammy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sammy from one of them islands that she's talking about, where, where they do it all right. the time. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah he's down there, but they do it all the time. You know. But, but Ashanti, you got how, how you feel about it? How, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about it? Oh, okay, like, okay, like just, okay, don't say Serena. Uh, just say that somebody doing that uh-huh. and that become a thing. How, what, how would you talk to your peers about that? I mean, what, I mean, what would that be? Would it be OL or or? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, personally, uh, and I, I, I got I to gotta think about how I say this too. I mean, personally, I, I'm, a, I'm opposed to it. I think that everybody should be comfortable in their skin. You know, like my mom used to tell us, nobody comes here saying, hey, God, I want to be white. Hey, God, I want to be black. Make sure I go to that rich family over there. None of us get a choice in any of that, from our names to our color to where we're born, none of that. And so, you know, when we get here, it it is up to us, you know, how we navigate that. Um, But I, you know, honestly, I don't believe that that altering ourselves in in that manner is the way to go personally. Now, as far as how we approach the conversation, um, similar to what I did tonight, um, and Dr. McKellar can attest to this, you know, I, I kind of had it an, an open space. You know, I told people yeah. that I wasn't going to sit there and talk for an hour and expect them to just listen to me because if they wanted that, they could go on YouTube or the History Channel <laughs> or Netflix or Hulu or whatever and sit at home and, and listen to somebody talk for an hour, an hour and a half. And so what I did was I tried to bring people in. And so, you know, just creating a space, I think, where people feel comfortable enough to bring in their own opinions about, hey, well, you know, so-and-so did it and, like, I I think it's great, or so-and-so did it and I don't think it's great, it goes against this or that and my personal beliefs, whatever, whatever. Um, Creating that space is really really good because I think once you create that space and people start to to 
to begin to feel comfortable, right, sharing their ideas and thoughts and opinions on the matter, then you have people wanting to come back um, into that space again, right? And from there, you can get into the, the deeper discussions, like, I don't know, like, is it ethically right? Is it morally right? Whatever, 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 however you want to take it. But I think the most important thing I would say, Arthur, is just creating that space where people feel like I'm not being talked at, I'm being talked to, but I can also talk back to whoever is talking to me, creating room for that dialogue to uh, to happen around that topic, especially sensitive topics like skin bleaching. So that would be well, that would be what I would say. Well, I still love my boy Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> See, you had to bring up Michael Jackson. You just had to do it. <laughs> Can I, if I could jump in, I, I just I want to have a, a word or two to say in regards to that. Um, you know, what's interesting to me is that uh, in the 21st century that we are having to pass a law to decide that people can wear their hair uh, the way they want to. Uh, we know that that was what that came about. What in like 2019 and and Texas in in April, in April Texas was still talking about it. Uh, it was before our legislature uh, in 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 April, at the end of April, and so so different states have passed it at different times. Louisiana and and, and Tennessee, I believe, were the were the leaders on that. But but we also we got to do this, and we got to take people uh, from where they are. Uh, you know, if if Serena wanted to do whatever she wanted to do to her skin, uh, I don't know why. If if, if if in fact that's what she's doing, it's not even for me to uh, even try to figure out why. Uh, Black dog, white dog study. Black dog, white dog, dog study. Yeah, and 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 right. That's why I say you got to take people from where they are and what they dealt with. We're all products of our environment, right? And so, uh, so you can just about tell the kind of environment that people came from according to kind of the way they carry themselves and the way they look at themselves and the way they present themselves uh, in, in professionally in the workplace or, or just out there in the community, whatever. Uh, so it's just if that's what she wanted to do, that's what she wanted to do. And so I, I just leave it like that. Michael and, and Michael Jackson. I still love him. We I still all love him. Loved, I still we love him. all loved him. And I thought I thought Michael Jackson was, was such a handsome young fellow. And uh, and and a lot of people didn't like the way he turned out to however whatever he was doing to himself, right? But let me deal with the that's... elephant in the room. This is mental health yeah. month. This is mental health. There you month. go. It enhances mental health. I've got to pull our head out every now and then. We have to deal with it, and it wasn't dealt with. And we know that from looking at the the upbringing and the father issues and all of these other things. So, uh, you know, absolutely. And when when you're told all your life that your nose is fat and you're too ugly and you're this and you're that, I mean, this grows with you. This grows with you. Sure it does. Sure it does. Sure it does. So if that helps a little bit. Uh, Mr. Arthur, uh, taking people where they are, and we don't know we don't know what people's background was, their their environment, and what they dealt with, and what they were told. Like uh, Pastor Cooper just said, we already know from what what those children uh, talked about the Jackson Five in their whole uh, environment and their their siblings mm-hmm. and all of that. 
some things that they experienced. Well, I'm uh, giving her the well, I'm giving her the Michael Jackson, uh, but that Sammy Sosa, I'm I, you know, I'm still thinking about that one. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So, uh, Dr. Hagney, anything from you? No, I, it is interesting where a person, you know, where a person, you know, where they are and understanding and. Uh, it's something we need to look at, and I understand when there are people look at that, you know, where you are and when you think about others, I think we really have to be uh, sort of careful about that. And, just, uh, and of course, it all boils into what we have to think where we are and how we, how, another thing, how we influence others. We, uh, I just wonder about the uh, youth, how we how are we impacting them in this discussion? What, what, what's their thing? You know, because we have to start thinking, well, we have to think about our future, and they are our future. So what we're, what we're seeing and doing, experiencing an adult. What, what are we see, What are we hearing from from our youth about what we're doing? For example, this discussion. How is this impacting our youth? What, what kind of feedback are we hearing from our youth? Uh, how is it impacting them? Very good. A great point. And you know, it, when it, as far as the crown is concerned, the hair is concerned. If it's neat and, and in place and in order, you know, then. I think it's your decision to decide which direction you want to go with your hair. I can remember we had the we had the largest afros in the world. I mean, they were yes. so big, <laughs> and, and so uh, it, everybody on the yeah. uh, John, uh, <laughs> and you scared. I know. I scared the world. I the world too. I mean, huge. So uh, huge. that that was right in place. Uh, but uh, and, and guess what? And they're coming right. They're circling back around again. So yeah. so fads and, and 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 people called it a fad. My parents called it a fad. There's a fad in, fad out. Uh, you circle back around and you'll you'll it's, take a, a it's blue called, it's you'll, called movement. You'll, it's called movement hair. Mm-hmm. Movement hair, yeah. You, it, my mother used to say, you oh, you'll get that blow dryer and you'll blow that hair straight back out, and then you'll curl it and you'll go on. Whatever, but um, but at any rate, so that that's that. So any 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 more comments that you want to share with us uh, in regards to cultural sensitivity, uh, Miss Lashawn? This is this has just been outstanding. Oh, I, I know what I wanted you to address. I want you to talk a little bit about uh, you you talked tonight about when when people um, when people walk into the stores and. And uh, or when you get on an ele- when a black man in particular gets on an elevator and the Caucasian woman uh, grasps her purse uh, because uh, because that stereotype that black folk are thieves and and they steal everything and and then you you brought out something beautifully and that is when you go into into a market and you just buy a pack of gum. Uh, tell us about that. What what do we what what should we do? And it's unfortunate that we have to teach this to our children. But this is the world we live in. Go ahead, Ms. Lachon. Absolutely, Dr. McKellar. Yeah, so to that note, you know, again, just touching on that implicit bias and that things like that, like the woman who grasped her purse and moved to the other side of a other side of the elevator if a, if a black man happens to join her. Some people even, you know, again, will go out of their way that if a black person or even a group of black people is walking down the street, um, on the sidewalk, they may choose to to walk in the street just to avoid not having to go to one side or the other to walk around them on the sidewalk. Now that being said, to bring it to the receipts that excuse me that Dr. McKellar mentioned, you know, um, you know, as we mentioned, I'm not even 30 yet, and I grew up that, you know, if I go into a store and I buy just a pack of gum or just a bottle of water, 
Um, if they don't offer me the receipt, I still ask, uh, you know, may I please have the receipt? Because I don't want to give any any reason, right, any impression that I may have stolen that one pack of gum. I may have stolen that bottle of water. Same thing. Uh, if I can get a bag, they don't offer me a bag. Uh, may I please have a bag? Because I don't want to be mm-hmm. seen walking out. The receipt may be in my purse, but the gun may be in my hand, and I don't want to give the impression that, oh, you know, I uh, I stole that gum or I stole that water. As incredulous as, as that sounds, right, these are things that, you know, that, that my parents taught me. And so, you know, as we can see with between, like, mass, uh, not mass, excuse me, but, you know, police brutality and, and different murders and stuff across the country that are obviously still relevant uh, for our time, these are, quote, unquote, the rules that for many um, black Americans, both young and old, that we still abide by um, just to make it safely home to our families at night, just to, you know, not not be um, the victim of, um, you know, police brutality or discrimination or, or stereotypes or just go through the hassle. And so, you know, um, in my experience, you know, uh, as a younger person, I've had friends who, who don't understand it, right? We may go to the store and it may be a little small purchase like that, or it may be just two or three items. And they're like, LaShawn, like, you really need a bag for that? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, absolutely, I do. Uh, because they're not going to look at you and, and think that you so they're going to look at me. So, no, I'm not walking out of here with a, a handful of, of items in, in my hands. You know, it doesn't matter what car we came here in. It doesn't matter how well-dressed we are. It's still mm-hmm. that in the back of my mind that I want right. to take every measure that I can to make sure yeah. that, no one gets that impression of me regardless, right? And those are things that many people of color, many black Americans are still facing, mm-hmm. um, are still living through today, and that, you know, we just got to acknowledge and we got to talk about that, you know, that playing field out there is not even. And it's things that, you know, that I'll probably end up teaching my children and they'll teach their children and so on and so forth for our, as long as it has to go, but just to just to have a ba- a basic sense of, of protection, you know, and even then, right, you're still like, okay, well, did I say this right? Did I do that right? But even little things mm-hmm. like that, like I said, it comes down to the pack of gum, and you're wanting to make sure, okay, let me make sure I have a receipt. Mm-hmm. Let me make sure I have a bag. And I don't know if you happen to see it, Dr. McKellar, but really quickly, there was a story. Um, I forget mm-hmm. what state it came out of, but there was a fifth grade, a fifth grade um, black boy, and he, he and his mom went to the convenience store to buy him a little sandwich for lunch every day, and he asked her if he could go in alone. And she said, yeah, I'll be right here in the car. He went in, came out, and right there, security accused him of stealing the sandwich. Yeah. Now, luckily, but, yeah, so, I mean, it's just one of those things that it does happen, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's we still have to try and prepare ourselves for that, not only uh, as one of you had mentioned earlier, not only mentally, right, <laughs> but, you know, right. take those physical precautions and make sure you have the bag, has the receipt, and so on and so forth. So so the little fifth grader had his receipt. Yep. Is that what Yes, Very thankfully. Good. And all they the offered them was a credit of $25 to apologize. Wow. That's, I, I miss, you know, I tell I young cashiers. You know, I tell young black cashiers all the time, and that's and, and that's something I have to I have to repeat all the time. They say you want a bag. I say always give a black man a bag. <laughs> yes, yes, I want a bag, of course. But let, let me just I have one final thing, and maybe the gentlemen have uh, some final questions or comments that they want to make in regards to this. But since we're talking about this racism, we know 
we can even double back to when President Obama uh, became president uh, of the United States, and we, we know how he was treated. We know how his wife was treated, uh, and, and, and these, are, these are people at the highest position in the land, and, uh, and we know what she was called and, and, and just all kinds of things. And then, we, of course, we know uh, Mitch McConnell said, I'm going to make him a, a one-term president, and, and so he, he dealt with all kinds of issues. But let, let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, and, and regardless of, of who we want to blame, if we want to point a finger at anyone, if it was Mitch McConnell we want to point a finger at, or any of a whole bunch of other people out there that, that we may want to point a finger at, uh, but, but regardless of who that blame is, would you say that, that w- within the last four years ago, all during this last administration, that, that he opened up some doors uh, and invited some people to come in and, and start giving some black folk a lot of trouble, a lot more trouble than they had already dealt with in America. Would you, would you go as far to say that? And maybe, maybe we'll, we'll take that to, to the gentleman on the panel. And then, of course, uh, Ms. LaShawn, you can have a, a final comment in regards to that. But what are your thoughts on that, Mr. Arthur? I'll go to you first. What, what, well, you, you know, they can't. We, 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 go ahead. We're not trying. You know, I try to give folks the context. Uh, in 2005, Hispanics had May Day, and then scared the heck out of white people when they came out all of the, all, all of the nation, and, and and whites been on them ever since. Then three years later, Barack Obama got elected president. They freaked all the way out. They tried to get rid of him the first term, didn't work. Second, and after they got rid of the second term, the response was Donald Trump. You know what's, dri- what's driving their fear? The the fear is them becoming a minority in America. So that's what we're dealing with. Uh, it's just straight up power, you know. Uh, uh, they they become anti-democratic a large number of them. So, you know, I just want folks to understand what we actually, you know, dealing with. So, hey, you know, here we are, and now is that time. Okay. All right, uh, uh, Dr. Hagney, your comments. <laughs> I, I agree. I was thinking, you know, that is, that has always been a, a historical problem in America. Uh, and that and plan is always to control the uh, number and the black male. Anytime that that even gathering or uh, even that number planet always struck here in, in our history. So that's something that's been continuing, and that's what we. And of course, what you mentioned, the question you asked earlier, that just allowed to even just gave gave more room for that in the last uh, years. So and, and of course, it's always there. Now they just feel more vocal to, to express it. That true feeling. So I think we see now what the true feeling has always been all along, and it's up to us to prepare for that and also recognize what we do need to do ourselves. And also we need to recognize the impact we have by just being in this country and as we go places. We need to recognize who we are and also recognize the potential we have. And uh, to a certain extent, I think we need to step forward and utilize that potential, not not have it be a fear because we have, we've been a blessed race, blessed group throughout these years, and we need to recognize that. We need to step forward and not and not fearful, but to recognize who created us and step forward and boldly. And because we've been blessed, all He's always been with us, and we need that. We need not to be afraid of that. We need to step forward boldly because we know there is a greater power protecting us, and not you know, what we what we tend to give into. Outstanding, amen. Uh, yes, Pastor. Uh, well, it's amazing. I was just looking at something similar to this today, and I mentioned this on the show we had before. 
I'm okay. People waving me all day long in my neighborhood. I, I'm, I'm the guy that lives on the corner and they love waving. But when your mail ends up in my slot, I have to come to your door and knock. Well, they don't recognize me because I'm too close, too up close and personal. So that there's a, uh, a nervousness that, that exists that, that is systematic. So when we say this, use this phrase systematic racism, well, it's a system. Uh, it goes all the way back to when it said we the people. Well, we, yes. black male was not included in that, you know, and, right. and you know, they kind of allowed the, the, the black female to go along with it, and they were okay with that because they figured that they can continue to, let me, let me I know it's PG, but it's late night, so I'm going to give it PG-17. They continue to rape our black women and call them uh, uh, strong black women because they can take it. And, and, and so that's their way of figuring they can get rid of us and water down our society, which is the same reason why they're promoting lighter-skinned folks. So we got these people that, you know, you're talking about our tennis player earlier. So this thing is deeper than what we even talk about superficially every day. We have to okay. go all the way back. I saw a map today for the first time, uh, uh, and they're talking about tell all the truth about the history. I saw a map where all the land belonged to the Indians and which group and tribe were uh, across the whole United States. I've been thinking Oklahoma, this is their area, this is their area over here in California, that's their area over here in Missouri, that's their area in Kansas. The entire map was their area. And if you go back and look at the names of a lot of the places, especially up north, uh, it has their heritage there. So we have to go back, apologize to race, and tell the truth and stop whitewashing our history. And, and, and that's the thing, because when we look back to the act with Roosevelt, and you're talking about the uh, New Deal, now we're talking about the Green New Deal, we have to go back and include black males, because we were trying to get, our society was trying to get rid of black males, because even to this day, if a, a woman is a single mom raising kids, she can get a, a, an apartment for $50 a month. As soon as she gets married, that same apartment costs $900 a month if she gets married because they do not want the black male in the house. This is systematic, and we have to that's continue it. to fight this fight. That's it. That's it. Well put. Yes. Well put. Ms. Hmm. Uh, LaShawn, you want, you want to end us on that particular um, uh, conversation because we – we're all all we're saying is that there are a lot of people that feel marginalized, just as Pastor Cooper just laid things out. And so it, it's amazing that in this 21st century, 2021, we're still seeing blatant racism uh, more more than I have ever seen uh, before that I saw in the past uh, in past four years. It, it's been amazing having you. Uh, my goodness, uh, you're just full of wealth and knowledge, and so we we appreciate it. And so, any final comments, anything that we want, we want to take the next thirty minutes to cover a few other things that are going on in the country. And so, we're happy if you stay stay with us. But uh, but your final comments in regards to this topic that we've been discussing for the last hour and a half. Absolutely, and thank you, Dr. McKellar, again for the, the space and the invitation uh, to speak tonight. Uh, on my final comments, I would like to leave everyone with one word, and that word is authenticity. And that word can ties into so much of the conversation we had tonight, whether it's from the way we wear our hair to, um, you know, whether we are worried about getting a bag or a receipt at the store um, to whether we're being uh, stereotyped, so much more, right? Us just having the freedom to be our authentic selves. And and going back again to earlier tonight when I spoke about that video where that white man said, Well when I leave the house, you know, I don't 
I don't think about anything. I don't worry. And that black woman concluded with saying, I want the I want the same level of comfort as that white man who says he leaves the house and he doesn't have to worry about anything. So authenticity is what um is is what I would uh end this conversation conversation on, excuse me. And that at the end of the day, you know, as we as we are still <laughs> learning and working to navigate these spaces that are part of our everyday lives, whether it's the workplace, whether it's social gatherings, whatever it may be, right, to always stay true to our authentic selves. And for many of us, that may mean something different. For some of us, it may mean something um, that is similar or the same. But whatever it means to you, authenticity is, is the word of the night, at least for this conversation, and that at the end of the day, do not let anyone under any circumstances, under any means, take away your freedom, your feeling, your expression um, to be your authentic self. Because once they take away that authenticity from you, that's when they truly have power and have control over you. So remember your authenticity, whatever that may be, whatever you identify as, however you express that. Um, Remember your authenticity. And even as you navigate these spaces, make sure that you're still staying true to your authentic self. Wow, that's amazing. That's beautiful. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Jimlyn, uh, yeah, give her a round of applause. She's just yes, amazing, yes. brilliant, brilliant young lady. Exactly. Yeah, and, uh, and And so that goes back to being unapologetically black. I don't care if you uh, – the, be- the beautiful part, and I, I have to uh, say this uh, before we move into uh, Liz Cheney and what's going on in the GOP um, – uh, God made the African American community so many different hues. I mean, I think there's 56. Somewhere I read there was like 56 different hues that's in the black community. I mean, it's just we're just a rainbow of a beautiful uh, bouquet of colors. And so just appreciate whatever God knew exactly what He was doing, right? Whatever complexion and color that He gave to you. Embrace right. who you are because it's all, they're all beautiful. He didn't make he didn't know how to make junk and he didn't make any mistakes, right? So right. thank you for sharing. We, we we encourage you to stay if you'd like. I know it's been a long day for you, so so jump off if you need to. But we're going to move into uh, to what's going. We always cover what's going on politically uh, in this nation, and so we know that that today, guys, that 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 uh, congressional. Uh, Representative uh, Liz Cheney, I believe she was voted out today. Was she not? Was she not voted no, out? No, no, won't be till Wednesday. Won't be till Wednesday. Won't be till. Okay, all right. So vote. The vote will take place on Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, on Wednesday. Or, or she'll go on Wednesday. Which one? I no, that's the male vote and everything. That's the male vote and everything. Wednesday. So why why on earth do you? I mean, Liz Cheney comes from a a gigantic political family, right? Uh, I mean, she is known, uh, her family, her father is known uh, to everybody in this country and this world. And and so here's, here's somebody that is standing up to say, you know, look, these votes have been counted over and over and over. And when they come back, they're the same or President Biden may have a point or so more. So at what point at what point, guys, I mean, this is really a serious issue, in my opinion. 
because look how we're tying. We have so much going on in this country, but look how we're tying up our congressional system and our House and all of these committees, how we're tying up trying to get rid of a lady that said that she believes that the count was correct and that President Biden won the election fair and squarely. Any comments from any of you in regards to that? Well, actually, it's about time. That's a fight. We're watching a we're watching the internal civil war. They yes, they not sir. holding up nothing but they they not holding up nothing but they self. They need they, they some you know they did you know they've decided they decided that they're not going to be the Republican Party no more. That means a good chance won't be no more Republican Party. Now there's another group that's formed. They're going to come out this week and to you know to be you know in other words like the regular Republicans I guess. And so they're going to be fighting for a while. So so access an opportunity for the Democrats. Uh, they need to continue to don't 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 shilly shally around with the Republican playing like they negotiating and all this old kind of stuff. Don't be stupid this time, and go ahead and get all the stuff done we need done, doing, and uh, and I think we'll have a good midterm, especially here in Texas, uh, Governor. Well, well, we know that before the governor comes in uh, with his comments, we know that that there are a lot of Democrats out there that says that they would vote for Liz Cheney when she runs again and they'll make sure that she gets in that position even though she is a she is a Republican. Those well, that's some of those Wyoming. Democrats, it is Wyoming though. That's Wyoming. You know, yeah. I know that's Wyoming. Wyoming. That's where came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, okay. So what does that about mean? About four hundred thousand exactly? people. About four hundred thousand people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was stationed in Wyoming at one time. So okay, so, um, so, so everybody's good. Well, I so think you, there are some issues. Go ahead, Dr. Dr. Go ahead. Uh, I, you know, I think we mentioned earlier there are a lot of there are, there are a lot of important issues we as Democrats need to be looking at, and I think we need to be addressing. And yes. we don't, I, we don't need to get um, off focus. You know. There you go. Okay. When you think about what apparently what they speculate what maybe Russian did with Russian did uh, with the gas pipeline from Houston to New Jersey, yeah. are you all familiar with what happened to that? They, mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, they've actually almost shut down that major pipeline from Houston to New Jersey. So uh, there are more important things than well, you can be looking at. Cyber attack. Uh, the fire attack, yes. So, and of course, they're saying we we, you know, we weren't prepared. We weren't prepared for that's just the that's just a gas component. Look at other components. So, I, I my point is that that we haven't out there to change. Let let them let them don't get bogged down in that. There are more important things we need to look at. For example, another we had a discussion today about uh, this 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 money for black farmers. Um, and there is a discussion that it may not be specifically for black farmers. And there's going to be a whip, whip tomorrow, women there tomorrow to to explain that. So they happening with that money that was set aside for black farmers, and so and so I think there there are more important. That's one particular one that the Democrats should look at and make sure that money that was set aside for black farmers is there and not watered down and not opened up. So uh, so that so I'm saying there are more important things that relate to us. That we need to right. be about. 
we have that's opportunities, right. so we don't need to get involved in that over there. You know, that's that's going to take care of itself. You know, let them finish. Call the Circle that's of Fine Squad. They're, they're they're battling out issues that, and, and as I said, there's so many important. And Dr. Hadley said so well. There's so many so many other important issues that we should be working with, and for to to defend something that they know unequivocally they have to know because there's been a count over and over and over, and they still come up the same. And then you're gonna. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna change. So why why wasting our time? Pastor Cooper, what, they still against voter. They they still against voter rights. They still against it. child care. They still against health care. They still. So while yeah. they were fighting, they still against both both of them. Is, both factions are still against all that. So you know, as far as I'm concerned, hey, go at it. <laughs> go at it. Well, and that's what all the, uh, uh, I call the commentary press, the entertainment news is talking about, is that there's an implosion going on with the Republican Party. And, you know, with the 10 Republicans that voted against Trump saying that uh, uh, he lost the election, fair and square, and let's move on. But uh, that's their own insurrection that's going on inside the party. And uh, I have to agree with Brother Arthur. Uh, let, him, let him have it. I mean, we, we're, too, we're going to stay focused on these House bills, these Senate bills. We're going to stay focused on the George Floyd Act, make sure it, it gets passed all the way with one piece instead of being broken up because it's not utilized as, as effectively in the courtroom. That's why I was mentioning about the Crown Act earlier, that we have to have, make sure that we have identification for people when they're fighting these cases locally. Because uh, we can fight them now, but 10 years, 15 years from now, they're going to forget that these acts were passed. There's so many laws being passed each session every two years. There's so many laws, and, and they just fall out, and, and no one goes and rehearse them. Matter of fact, uh, I partnered with the Texas Black Coalition, and uh, Dr. Candace Matthews, we were out. Uh, she was going to Galveston. I missed that trip, but she invited me out there, and they had the Sheriff's Department, the Chief Police, which happened to be black. And it's the same area that we had issues that there's a law on the book where you can walk a man down the street and shackle with a heart mm-hmm. You know, yes, so, that. so I mean, this made national news, you know. And so what do we think? We're not paying attention. And he said, well, I was off doing this. I wasn't there. But these laws are on the book, so everybody that's in ranking position systematically. So these are the fights we have to fight. So I agree with Arthur. Uh, let them implode, and why we need to take advantage of this before they uh, come back together and start singing Kumbaya and outvote us again because they are still against us. They're not; Those 10 are still not on our team. They're not for the Crown Act. They're not for me becoming governor. They're still fighting it. And, and, and let me just say, gentlemen, and, and, and all of you are correct, but this, this circles right on back around to – Sexism, racism, white supremacy. I mean, so what? What they're saying is, I am not going to accept. Uh, I'm not going to accept the will of the people. I'm not going to accept all of these uh, black voters that mattered, that got out there to the polls and voted uh, the, the president in, and so so that they could see how the community, how the America felt about even though the Electoral College is the one who actually uh, put him in place. But but here's this black woman uh, that I don't want anywhere near because I'm not taking any chances that she may end up being a president today. 
I'm not taking that chance. So, therefore, I'm going to continue to fight this until I can change it because, because of the complexion of my skin, I feel like I should be able to change this because I've been able to change everything illegally. I've changed it in the back room. I've been able to change it the meeting before the meeting and the meeting after the meeting. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's always that went on. It all circles back around to just what we've been talking about for the last hour and a half with Miss LaShawn Roy. It's the same single identical thing. We can all narrow it down. And so what are we going to do? And we can certainly we cannot sit by idle and not pay attention to this, even though, yeah, they're battling it out in their committee. Mm-hmm. But by George, we better be, we better be watching and keeping our eyes wide open to make sure that nothing illicit and illegal happens, because yes. it will. Yes, absolutely. And we have to continue to build coalitions. Just like tonight, I was on a Zoom. Uh, that's why I was late tonight. So forgive me, uh, uh, Miss uh, President. Uh, oh, no. oh, I was no, tardy. Oh, you're busy, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I was that's with the uh, African uh, nation across the state of Texas, across the United States, uh, not not different Nigeria and all these different places, Ethiopia and different places like that, and they're empowering one another. To come together and they helping this young man, what's his name, Junior, I forget the last name, running for city council in Arlington, uh, no, uh, Grand Prairie, Grand Prairie. He, he made it into the runoffs. No, he's gone up against an incumbent, been there since 2009, that does not have the interests of the people. So on my way back from Missouri, seeing my son graduate uh, this week, I'm going to stop and do a quick uh, FaceTime, uh, live time uh, uh, event with him to get out the boat. Uh, they are all going to do calls and, and Zooms and raise money. And what's amazing about the new folks that's coming to America that's excited to be Americans, they're given to campaigns. And one young man was in, I think, California or, or uh, Arkansas, somewhere, I'm not sure. I, I, I couldn't take notes. Uh, but anyway, they, he raised more money than a candidate for city council than the candidate for statewide election raised wow. because – they got these new voters, these new citizens engaged, and they gave of their resources. Outstanding. And so this is in Grand Prairie. What is his name? I missed that. A, a junior is I his name. That. Matter of fact, hold on. He texted me. I made contact. Junior okay. is the first name. Uh, he said his name Thanks. is Junior. I'm going to spell it. I don't want to butcher. E-Z-E-O-N-U. Okay. E-Z-E-O-N-U. So he- so he's new to the country. Well, well, he, he's been here for a while. He's been here for a while, but they have a lot of new people, you know, five, six years, and they're getting involved, and, and, and they, they have this group, and they're growing, and, and, and they're eager, and they're hungry. And there was one young lady, she's like 19 years of age, and she was just speaking from her heart like the young lady that was speaking tonight, and, and she laughed, and she clapped. She said, I'm so nervous, and it was organic. It was energy, it was new, it was refreshing, and it gave me energy, and I was exhausted after my long day. But after watching this young lady with a big, beautiful smile, also with her beautiful black skin, I'm telling you on purpose I'm saying that, her long <laughs> braided hair, I'm saying, and her dimples, I'm just telling you, and she just, she laughed and her whole body lit up. I mean, I, I saw arms and legs flying, and she's excited. 
to be on the Zoom for the first time talking about electing people that look like her on purpose. Right. And that's in Grand Prairie, Texas? Grand Prairie, Texas, Junior Ezuno. Uh I tried to fit. And uh, uh, anyway, and there's a whole group, and it's NAPA. Uh, I'm going to have to get the name of the group that's uh, going around. And I was talking to people from California. I was talking to people from New Jersey. I was talking to people from, from New York. And they had this group. I was just saying, when we realize, and Arthur always tells me, to internalize what we're going through as politicians, this is not just about us. This is outside of us. And so when Dr. Shirley McCullough becomes the uh, city councilwoman in Tyler, Texas, that allows and enables and empowers the other young lady that's in Los Angeles, California, to become the next city councilwoman. So, so they're crossing state lines and, and, and motivating. Uh, 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 Chairwoman Cynthia uh, Ginyard was also online, and she's in Fort Bend, and she's okay, going to run yes. up. She, yeah, and she was with my friend, uh, uh, future uh, uh, Mayor uh, uh, Deborah Peoples, uh, in Fort Worth last week. Right. And so she's got to go back. Deborah Peoples. Yeah. Deborah Peoples, yeah. So, so yeah, Deborah, Deborah's in that. a runoff. She's in runoff. She's right? in a runoff yeah, also. Yeah, Fort Worth. Fort Worth trying to catch up. All right, all right. Right. And, and I, I, I believe stop. it. And then there's a runoff in, in uh, District 6 out of Texas as well, that, uh, that uh, congressional seat that uh, run right held. That's a runoff there as well. Well, we have it's about four or five runoffs. So we we got black people that's running against us. That's in the runoffs. So, so they just so it's not just her. Well, also yeah, in Beaumont, Texas, we have our mayor, Robin Mouton, well, running off against Roy Wood. And it's a three-way it's a three-way runoff with that district seat, congressional seat, that's uh, Run Wright's wife, and then uh, the guy that worked in his office, and then. Um, then uh, Janice uh, Sanchez, I believe, is the is And they are Republicans, the, I believe. On this. They are Republicans. Well, well Jan, Janice Sanchez is the Democrat, and then those other two are, the, are Republicans. That's a three-way run. Okay. 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 Okay, good. Well, it's, serious, it's serious stuff going on out there. It is. Serious and stuff. So, and so we're very, we're very happy for uh, Deborah, and, uh, and and she, she stands a, a really, really strong chance and then then of course there's a there's the Arlington a runoff of Michael Gillespie who actually is a, a Republican from Tyler Texas I went to high school with him and uh, he is in he's in the runoff and um, I can't I, I can't remember uh, I think an attorney is in that runoff and and a minister I can't remember who but I think that's a that's a three-way run as well so that there it is <laughs> Lots of runoffs out there, uh, all over the place. So lots we're of work. pushing. Oh, the, yeah, lots of work involved. Lots of work. Hey, sure. Hey, Just going back to that. Uh, you know, earlier when Chief was talking about that. Uh, you know, that cyber stuff. I was right. looking at Rachel Matt. I think I was looking at, uh, at Rachel Maddow tonight Maddow. In, in early part of our okay. show, and she talked about okay. la- about 2019. Uh, well, 2018 and 2019, 20, the, the sirens went off in Dallas, right? Well, it turns out, you know, somebody had, somebody had hacked them. And then she talked about out here in Lancaster, because I remember it last year, okay. since our siren system during the tornado season. 
And then, and so our stuff was out wow. for a couple of days, they say. And I'm just not looking, I'm just looking at TV. I'm just now finding it out in, what, 2021? Right. So that cyber wow. stuff is serious is what I'm saying. That's some serious yeah. stuff. It's serious. Yes, it's serious. Oh, yes. oh, most definitely serious stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I found the name of that group. It's the NAPAC. It's a Nigerian American Public Affairs Committee. Oh, yes. We have a group down here. Yes. In, in the headquarters in California. Yes. And headquarters in California. Okay. Incredible. Incredible group to connect with. Wow. Wow. Okay, guys. Okay. Hey, well, hey, hey, hey Mike. Hey, hey, Mike. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mike, I guess they probably they need some help with them Chinese. They need some help trying to get them Chinese up out of there. <laughs> yeah, no one in Africa. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Well, uh, he's right. Like but they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And they're going to third world countries and taking over. Yeah. Well, you you guys remember two years ago, I was in a runoff uh, and, uh, and, and pulled right on out because you know you have to get 51%. Of, of the votes, right. and I got right at right at fifty percent, right there. And so then, but this time, uh, we we thank the good Lord. We don't. We got ninety seven of the votes in my district. Oh yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah. Hey, hey, fantastic, yeah. fantastic, excellent. The, high, machine, the, high, machine. the, high, the highest in the history. So we the highest in the history. That's all. Awesome. That's all. Awesome. So we're we going to so we a Hey, sure, we're gonna need yes, all the hey, sure, we're gonna need all there your charisma you and, and all of your organization and all of that. Cause okay. see, cause we come to East Texas. You come to East Texas. On East Texas, we we tell people future future Texas is East Texas. That's it. That's, That's it. it. We try to That's we it. try to tell them. We try to tell them they need to listen. And 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 listen. We were on. I don't know, Pastor Cooper, you were on that call. When were we on that call? Saturday. Evening, and Houston, they were putting everything all together for everything is Houston, Harris County, and we said, "Look, look, <laughs> you do the same thing over and over and over again. It's the same results. Houston, yep, Dallas, yep. Fort Worth, San Antonio, Austin. You do the same thing over and over, and you overlook the million. That, that's my point. That is, right. I said, we got, we don't got thirty. Thirty-four counties. We talked about past two, but I don't think he was on that because yeah. we got no, it's thirty-eight. Counties. It's thirty-eight counties. Thirty-eight counties in East mm-hmm. Texas. In East Texas, and and you're going to tell me that you don't need to cover those? We we got a we got a million that are registered, and not to talk that about those registered. who are not registered. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We got we got thirty thousand right here. Eighty-five precincts. We have to engage the voters and give them a reason to vote. We have to engage exactly. the voters and give them a reason yep. to vote. We have to, exactly. we, have to, we got to do it. We have we to be strategic to about it. On purpose, unapologetically, we have to do it. On purpose. Okay, one more thing, uh, guys. We got we got about what? Uh, we got about six minutes left, six minutes. and uh, yeah. I'm going to cut yeah. us off. So. Um, so, so we know that uh, that Trump is trying to get back on Facebook now. So Facebook versus Trump, and I believe it didn't happen for him. Is that right? I don't know what the, the last thing I heard is that he was about to get back on there. So I don't know. Yeah, they sent it back. Yeah, they sent it back they to him. They sent it back to uh, 
you know, he sent it up to the Facebook Supreme Court. Facebook uh-huh. Supreme Court sent it back to him and told him he needed to do it. <laughs> so he wanted he wanted the Supreme Court to fight Facebook. No, for him. no, no, no. Facebook, no. Facebook Supreme Court. Oh, I see. I got you. He, I'm with you. He sent okay. it up to them. Then they okay, sent it back to him. Sent it back to him. Okay. Yeah, and told him you need to make up your mind. You need to make it either permanently get rid of him, or you know, but this indefinite stuff. You know, it ain't in your it, it ain't in your uh, bylaws or whatever. It ain't in your thing, so you can't just you know here, here's to take it back. You know, we, in, in other words, we don't want to do it either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the hot potato. The hot potato. Don't know I want to fool with it. Okay. Yeah, Thirty-five million <laughs> followers. Yeah, thirty-five million followers. Yeah, that's amazing. Thirty-five million. Thirty-five million. Hey, what about Bill Gates' wife? Hey, what about the, the Bill Gates' divorce? She divorced him because he was hanging out with Epstein. Well, well, you, the truth. so and I forgot to, for us to talk about that. But I knew it was something that I wanted to mention. I told Mr. Arthur I, that's something I wanted to mention last week. So okay, so in there, when they got married, how long have they been married? Twenty-seven years. I believe twenty-seven, it was 27 years. years. Okay, so when so when that marriage began, I understand that it was it was said that he could have one. I don't know if it's one day a month or one one day a week or whatever that he could hang out with what whomever yes, male or female mm-hmm. that he wanted to hang out with. Now, that's what arranged marriage. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, so that's what happened, and that's what happened. That's what happened. That's what happened. Your bedroom full of money. Having your bedroom full of money. He said too much, too much money in the bedroom. Somebody said. Yeah, that's the author always saying that. I, I'm gonna go back to the Bible. You know, the the, the Bible okay. never lies. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. One man, one yeah. woman. Anything else, you got chaos. Now watch this. Yeah. I, I believe in everybody's rights, but I'm just telling you, I have to interchange my hat. And the hand of the pastor says, it doesn't work. When you start opening up your bed, it does not work. Matter of fact, you, you got to be careful. Watch this. You can't defile that bedroom, can you? That's right. defile that. Yeah, black PG-17, you can't bring things in that list. Wait, wait, black women. on that list, black women. Yeah. Bill Clinton on that list, you know, hanging out with Epstein. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And what did you say, Mr. Philip did just die. Yeah, Philip did just die. What's his name? The Duke of Edinburgh, whatever. He just he was on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was on that mm-hmm. list. A lot of people was on that list. A lot of people were on that list. Lots. Yeah. Lots of people. You probably have to, well, you probably have to pretty much clean house in Washington, D.C. with that list. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. Well, it's like at the Capitol. You know, when I was at the Capitol, I told myself, "Hold on, who has these young ladies interns walking around here? What are we doing again, guys?" And sure enough, the next mm-hmm. week, the Speaker of the House said that he has problems on the Hill again. Hmm. You know, it, it, yeah. it just sometimes we, we have to power, pitch it. That power, yeah. just you, you just get beside yourself when you have. That's why you that you got to remain humble, right? When you when you get in that right. office, got to remain humble. I, and if I want to say, here I want to say, Lord, give me a little more time. This ain't Sodom and Gomorrah. I think I can get them straight. 
jempol ya 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 well that's that's the nature of the beast uh if you don't some everybody didn't know how to handle power so they may not need it right that's true. Absolutely. And, and I noticed it. Yeah. And, and a lot of people walk around and could not, they did not even know how to handle the power. Matter of fact, you almost need to video the elected officials that's running around the Capitol because they have no clue. You can just pay attention and say, uh oh, we got problems there, 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 and there. And I can right. find out what right. section of the uh, state they're from. And I can tell you what we're up against. I can just tell you. And, and let's be clear about authority and power. They're two different things. Authority and power—they ain't the same thing. Okay, a power is an entity. A power is entity or energy shared by all in its presence. Authority is like is like you got to hold an office or something like that. That's authority. Now, 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 totally together, yeah, it, it, it equals power. But those individuals—they have authority. They think they got power though. But you know, you know I'm just saying, you don't know the difference. You know, the, the, there is a difference between power and authority. Mm-hmm. That's true. Very true. Okay. Well, let me. It's ten o'clock, so let me quickly say that uh, the next um, uh, vaccine flight that um, uh, Dr. Hagney and, and the team and us that we're having is going to be at uh, Texas College. That's going to be a walk right in, walk right up, a drive-through, uh, and it's open to the community. Our focus is uh, to vaccinate, obviously, the staff and the students that are coming back for summer school, and then we'll be doing it again for the fall. So anybody that wants to come, it's, it's uh, the 22nd, Saturday, the 22nd of May, and it will be from uh, 10 in the morning until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, you can you can make a phone call there to Texas College, uh, extension uh, 2202, and uh, make that and, and get your name on that list uh, so that we'll know how many vaccines they have out there. But it, it's not that rigid that you can't just walk right in and drive right through and get your vaccination. Uh, and so we already mentioned early on that um, that uh, EAU has approved, uh, the CDC, of course, has approved that that vaccines can be given to 12 to 15-year-olds. Obviously, you know that you have to have your uh, parents' signature uh, to bring your children in to get that vaccine. So remember, 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 uh, the pandemic is still exists, but it also showed us that there was inequality in housing and health care that Dr. Hagnett talked about tonight and our economy. So let's study, I think, I think it was Pastor Cooper said, almost like a video, uh, people who are running, but just study those candidates that are running for office, make sure that you know how they voted and how they have treated their community prior to them running and holding offices, and then that way that can kind of guide you and direct you on your election time. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been an amazing uh, evening. We had a great time with uh, Ms. LaShawn Roy, our uh, president of the uh, Smith County Democratic Club. We'll see you on next week. Marvelous Monday. Thank you so much for joining in with us tonight. And so we won't have our song tonight, so just in. So we'll see you gentlemen soon. Be safe out there. And God bless. Thank you. Good. God bless. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.